thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome today to Jesus the Healer. We are so glad you're joining us and we invite you get your Bible. Yes. Get a notepad, take notes because we're expecting God to say things to you. Yes. And um, we say this, bring your faith. Yes. Release your faith in the Word of God. Amen. Yes. Because that's when the Word will do its greatest work in our life. Over the life of this broadcast, I have been at different times referring to um, the incident of when my husband unexpectedly and suddenly went home to be with the Lord. And I talk about how that event, how the family handled that uh -huh. event, yeah. because it matters that we know how to respond according to the word in the face of every situation that can arise. And... Um, no matter uh, if Jesus tarries his coming, every single one of us are going to have people that leave our life yes. <laughs> in the sense of that those who were here won't always be here, including us. Should Jesus tarry his coming, right? And so we need to know what that stepping out of this world into that world, what that looks like for us. Um, because really leaving the earth to go to heaven for the believer is just stepping into another room. Yes. It's, it's not failing to exist. <laughs> We're just uh, abiding in another room. But those of us who have dealt with the home going of loved ones, where do we put that in our life? Where, how do we place that? Well, the word has something to say about it. And we want to respond at those times according to what the word says. Because if we don't, if we don't respond according to the word, the only thing left is the flesh. The only thing left is the mind of man. And um, we want to be in the highest flow of help. And that's from the word that we learn to respond in line with the word. And uh, really, you know, with humans, what we do is we take our cues from what's around us. But uh, that's okay as long as what's around you is word-based. But if it's different than the word, we get to rewrite how we respond. And uh, it's important that we not just adopt what we've seen in others if it's not uh, if it's not directed by the word. Yeah. So anyway, we're going to talk about that. And I want you to know, it's not going to be a sad broadcast <laughs> because the word elevates everything and shows us God's best at these times. Um, the, 
and I, and I titled this Victory Over Grief and Sorrow. I'm teaching out of my book with that same title. And uh, the emphasis is not grief and sorrow. The emphasis is victory. Victory. That there's victory in the face of these, these events, the emergencies of life that, that are going to show up. Faith doesn't mean that opposition, tests, and trials and the emergencies of life won't show up. Faith means we write the ending. And... Um, we have, to, we have to stay on course so that we write the correct ending. Yes. Amen. So the uh, grief and sorrow doesn't just try to enter someone's life at the time of someone's home going. It can try to enter, what about when a business goes bad, a relationship goes bad, something of a home is broken up. Uh, uh, maybe this, uh, a home is lost. Um, through decisions that we make. Sometimes we make decisions that put us in a place where it looks like things are leaving our life. What do we do at those times? Thank God for the help of the word at that time. Amen. Uh, not, not only that, people fear and they dread different crises that show up or they dread or fear the thought of when someone they love is no longer here. How are they going to handle that? Well, when you know what the Word says, it removes all fear. But, not, but you have to believe that Word. You can't just know what it says, then set it aside at a time like that. We have to be doers of the Word at every crisis, every time of life, every season of life, every emergency of life. And when we do that, we hold to the truth. The truth anchors everything. It steadies everything. So you don't drift off into sorrow, drift off into grief, drift off into fear, drift off into doubt. Amen. So knowing and believing God's word shuts the door to grief and sorrow. You have to know it, but you have to believe what the word says. Um, Isaiah 53 and verse 4 tells us this. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Surely that is a certain thing that has already happened. Now, I want you to see this. Surely he, who's it talking about? He, Jesus. Surely Jesus. Do we not know this? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. Jesus, the Godhead. Surely the Godhead bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. You have to know this. The effect of grief and sorrow is so detrimental, it took the Godhead to deal with it. And the Godhead did deal with it. So that there is no effect of grief and sorrow. Now, Many times when people hear this, they say they're, they're, they're thinking that, well, you're saying I can't even cry or weep. I'm not saying that because we are not robots. We have emotions. Emotions are to color our life, not lead our life, not entrench our life in a wrong flow. To, it's to color our life. We, if someone unexpectedly leaves our life or even expectedly, Maybe we know that someone's home going is imminent. Yes. And we, 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 if I could say this, we ready ourselves for that. 
even though those times, it touches you. It touches you. And you may weep at a time. Uh, Maybe uh, a home has been lost. A relationship has been lost. And it touches you. And you weep at a time like that. That doesn't mean grief and sorrow has gotten in. What grief and sorrow does, though, it's a flow that takes hold of an emotion and starts, if I could say this, throwing you into a ditch, throwing you into a hole that it sits heavy on you. The flow of grief and sorrow or a spirit of grief and sorrow, those are the things that we're redeemed from. Amen. It's okay to weep. Um, because you miss someone. That's okay. Don't get under the, under the flow of that. Don't let that become a flow in your life because Jesus redeemed us from the destructive forces of grief and sorrow. Listen, I know of, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of one person I, I, I knew of that they had uh, a family member that unexpectedly went home to be with the Lord. And for the next 50 years, if you mentioned that family member's name, they would immediately start crying. Well, see, for, so that grief, that sorrow of that event lived with them. See, we're, we're not to have the wrong flows living with us. Our, our emotions are touched by times like that. But Jesus was touched with the feelings of our infirmities is what the word says. He was touched with the feelings. He wasn't entrenched with the feelings. He, 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 he feels what we feel, but he does not, those things don't dominate him. So uh, when I talk about we're redeemed from grief and sorrow, I'm not saying that you won't feel something. I'm saying that the wrong flow will not get a hold of your life. But we have to cooperate with the word so that the wrong flow doesn't get a place that it shouldn't have. I want to go back and I'll probably go back to this verse throughout this series that I'm teaching. Now, I was teaching on it previously and I'm going to keep teaching on it for a little bit. And I invite you listen to all of it because we'll say different things in episodes that will help you in different ways. But I want us to go to Romans chapter 15 and verse four, because this is so critical for believers to get hold of. Romans chapter 15, verse four reads, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. Now notice this word, it was written aforetime. What's it mean? Before the time of your need showed up, the answer was written. Aforetime, before the time that whatsoever things were written before the time you needed them, they were written for our learning. So what has been written of the word? Let's learn it. If we don't learn it, things, we come into a flow of things we shouldn't be in. If we don't learn what was written before we needed it. Um, So God recorded our answer before we ever arrived at the point of needing it. He wrote it aforetime. The the genius of God. (laughs) It's so impressive. So whatsoever things were written, talking about the word, written aforetime, were written for, look at this, our learning. It's up to us to learn it. 
It's up to us to become a student of these things and learn them. Why? That we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now look at this phrase, comfort of the scriptures. I want to focus on this because when we go through times of crisis, times of emergency, time when situations arise that are different than what we wish them to be, um, we have to learn to not look out here amongst the natural and amongst people for our comfort. The highest flow of comfort is the comfort of the scriptures. Now, what are the scriptures? The scriptures are words. So we have to learn to draw our comfort from words, not just from someone touching us. Now, don't misunderstand me. It's, it's, it's precious to have someone who loves you enough to be present at a time in your life when you need to have those around you who know the word. That's important. But even their touch can only reach certain places in you. The, the scriptures, the word of God can go right in to the very inner being of a man and deal with things at a root. Those words can land in you. Just like words of offense or words of bitterness or words of misunderstanding can land in you to where nobody touches them out here. It landed in you. Even so, his words land deeper. His words land in such a way that the wrong things can't find room in you because his words are occupying a place in you that there's no more room for the wrong flow, no more room for the wrong words, no more room for anything that's going to be detrimental because the the foundation of the word is in there and it's life-giving. Amen. I love this phrase, comfort of the scriptures. This is what mature uh, Christians turn to and to mature, turn this way, turn to find your help, your answer, your comfort in the word. First and foremost, don't look out here first and foremost. Don't run to people first and foremost, run to words. The words your pastor has sown into your life, the words that you have fed on of God's word in your own devotional time, turn to words. Get your comfort, derive your comfort there because what if people around you aren't saying the right words? Then you've got other words from the word that is supplying what maybe people don't know to supply to you. Um, Not only that, words live with you in a way that people don't. People come and go. (laughs) Words. They, they, take, they get planted in us and they grow up. God's word, and I'm, talk, I'm referring to God's words. And we know wrong words can do the same thing. But I'm talking about the comfort of the scriptures. So learn to not run here first outwardly to find your help. Learn to turn toward words and let words be enough for you. Let words be enough for you. Let what he has said in his word, that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Learn to lay down on those words at night instead of laying down on worry words, fear words. Learn to lay down on what his word says by 
meditating on those, feeding on those, speaking those to yourself. That's how you draw the comfort out of those words as you meditate on it. You speak it. You, you, you turn it around and over and over in your thought life. You take charge of what your mind touches into and you make sure it's words that come from his word. Amen. So the way, the primary way, not the only way, because God can comfort us through other people that he's put in our life. Absolutely. But the primary way he comforts us is with words, his words. But these words have to be believed. We can't just cast them aside as that's just a, that's just a scripture right now. That's your comfort right now. That's your help. That is divine assistance. The divine moves into your life through words. And if we don't put emphasis on those words, if we don't prize and value those words, then we're setting aside divine help. And we don't want to do that. So we have to take those words and believe them and say, those words are for this time, a time of circumstances, a time of of crisis, a time of emergency. And you go, the words that I've been having put in me through my pastor, through the word of God, things that the Holy Spirit has spoken, I'm not letting go of those. They're for this time. Amen. The part of the word we believe is the part that comforts us. If there's a measure of the word we're not believing, then that, that word can't comfort us. It can only comfort us as it's believed. So we can know what we're believing by how much comfort we're drawing from the word. The comfort of the scriptures is unlike human comfort. Why? It's divine. It's divine comfort. Amen. I've spent a lot of time on that today. I've spent that on on other on previous episodes, but this is so key because people have to get it that our highest comfort is not from out here. It's not from the mind and what the mind can figure out, what the mind can reason and calculate. That entrenches us in the wrong flow. We've got to learn to turn to that word that that is sown in us and harvest it at the times of emergency. Um, October the 18th, 2013 was a Friday. And that's when my sons and my daughter-in-law came to the house and said, mom, um, dad's plane went down. There were no survivors. And I, I had already been prepped by the Holy ghost two years previous when he said, all I want you doing is practicing peace. It's so impressive to me that the Holy Ghost was telling me my posture to take for that day without alerting me. So two years before, he's telling me, get in the flow of peace, stay in the flow of peace, be skillful in the flow of peace, guard that flow of peace. And you say, well, Pastor Nancy, how do you practice peace? Any thought that doesn't add and arrive you at peace, mm-hmm. reject it, yes. cast it down, yes. answer it, yes. resist it. Yes. If it doesn't lead you into greater peace and joy, it's not yours. And learn that every thought that comes to you did not come from you. So that means there are thoughts that you must reject. 
You must resist. So um, I practiced peace those two years. It put me in a place of the Spirit, a flow of the Spirit, because the Holy Spirit's not leading you into turmoil. He's only leading you into peace. That's His flow. That is His flow. And if we're going to flow with Him, we're going to be in peace. And so whenever that day I heard that emergency of news, I did not cast aside that flow to jump in the flow that everyone else many responds in at a time like that. I didn't go to human response. I went to peace response. Why? Because I was in the peace flow. How does peace deal with this? Well, number one, you don't leave the peace flow. Don't, uh, grief is not a peace flow. Sorrow is not a peace flow. I had had too much experience with the flow of peace to know I'm not leaving this flow. This flow is critical for this moment. It's not just optional. It's critical. So I, as my kids were there, I said, the first thing I said to them, don't you touch this in your thought life. Why did I say that? Don't you get in that mental arena. You get in that mental arena, you stepped out of peace. The flow of peace does not originate from your mind. It originates from that, that fruit of peace that was put in every believer at the new birth. That's where it stems from within. And I wasn't even looking for God out here. God, send me something. I looked to what he had already stocked me with. And I'm going to draw on that. I'm not going to reach out here. Oh, God, send, send, send. No, when you know what's in you, you quit waiting for something to be sent. So I just, I turned this way. I didn't turn out. I didn't turn this way. I turned toward what was in me. Greater is he that's in me. Okay. We know that and we quote that. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. That moment showed his greatness. His greatness was there for me to draw on. Now, if I'm going to call this event greater, then I'm going to not hmm, draw on my help as I ought. I don't care what event comes. I don't care how uh, abrupt that event. I don't care how lingering that event. Um, Nothing is greater than the greater one in me. Nothing, nothing, nothing. So I'm not going to automatically flip to what's lesser when the greater is in me. Does that make sense to you? Many times people step down into the lesser, but they have to walk away from the greater that's in them to to be occupied with the lesser around. And you say, well, Pastor Nancy, I mean, are you calling the untimely death of your husband a lesser event? I'm saying greater is he than that event. Amen. Amen. It matters at a time of emergency what you remember and what you forget. It matters. You have to on purpose remember the right thing on purpose because the mind will try to flip automatically 
off the rails <laughs> and start grasping. So what did I do? I grabbed the flow real quick. And I said to my kids, don't you touch this in your thought life. Why? None of us can go to the wrong arena and win. The faith arena is what we have to stay on. And the faith arena is in your, is your spirit. Why? Because faith is a, faith is a flow of your spirit. It's, it dwells in your spirit, not your mind. The mind is renewed with the word, but it's not the home of your faith. Your spirit is the home of your faith. So I told him, don't you touch this in, the, in your thought life. Don't you go into the mental arena. Yeah. Why? Because if they do, that's where grief enters. Yeah. That's where sorrow enters. Yeah. That's where doubt enters. Yeah. That's where confusion enters. Yeah. Don't go there. Amen. Don't go there. A couple of reasons. I don't want them in that, in that tormenting flow. Yeah. Yeah. Number two, I'm practiced at staying in peace. And the best thing I can do is help hold them in that flow. Yeah. I've got some skill holding, yeah. of, of, yes. of staying in that flow. And I'm, I'm, so that is the flow of peace. Don't you touch the mental arena. That's yeah. skill with the flow of peace. Right. So I've to, I told them how to stay in the peace flow. Yeah. I said, don't you start asking questions. Don't you start asking why. Don't you start, why did this happen? Why did that happen? What could we have done different? Where did we miss? Don't even start. Don't even start because none of that gets answered from a flow of, uh, of sorrow. None of that gets answered from flow of grief. Yeah. Any of those things that need to be answered are answered from a flow of faith and peace. Oh, I will hear, if we need to hear those answers, they won't come while we're up here trying to struggle. They'll come while we stay in the flow of peace and let God enlighten. And if God doesn't enlighten, I'm not digging for an answer. Because if he doesn't give, if he doesn't say anything more about it, I'm going to leave it untouched. Amen. Amen. So that was my thing is, and I said to them, I said, uh, we're not getting into that grief and sorrow flow. Don't you go there. Why? Because if they go there, it's going to affect me. If I go there, it's going to affect them. And we've got to, we've got to address some things now. And we don't have time to be digging ourselves out of a hole of depression, out of a hole of grief, out of a hole of sorrow. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Right. I want to talk to those of you who you say, I'm dealing with grief, or, yes. grief and sorrow. I say you be free oh, yes. in Jesus' name. Your mind be free in Jesus' name. Now turn and draw on that peace that's on the inside of you. The greater one is in you. Worship him and thank him for that peace. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you don't want to miss the upcoming episodes. We're going to be talking more about it. And it's a help to us. Amen. And until next time, remember this. Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In the book, Victory Over Grief and Sorrow, Nancy Dufresne shares from firsthand experience how even death is no match for the mighty force of peace that is available to every believer. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. It is possible to live untroubled and undisturbed even in the presence of the enemy. In this book, Peace, Living Free From Worry, Nancy Dufresne teaches us how to close the door to worry, fear, and doubt. 
Order this book now at defrainministries.org. If you need prayer, please call our prayer line. We have trained ministers on staff who are ready to agree with you for your miracle. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at defrainministries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.